Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 753, 753. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Um, just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including the postage and handling. Uh, we have, um, I've got a really strong message. I believe this will be the uh, last message from the book of Luke. We're in chapter 24. And then I'm going to uh, get into the book of Revelation. So um, right now uh, I've got music and letters. But now let's start praying. Let's pray, Father, that you will anoint me as always to bring forth the message of the hour. We knew that you, we know very good and well that you went away into the kingdom of heaven and you became the life-giving spirit. So when we ask you to come into our hearts, we know you do come into our hearts and you live in us to, to convict, of, convict us of things that uh, we uh, don't even realize that we need to be rid of. And uh, your convicting power comes upon us and we know that these are things that you want us to get rid of that are in our lives. And we thank and praise you for that, Lord. And people need to really pay attention to the convicting power uh, uh, that you have, Father, Lord Jesus, to bring us into the fullness of perfection. And there's so many people that are false prophets that are saying there's no place of perfection in the Holy Spirit, but we know better than that. We have to become conscious of all the different things that uh, you, Father God, Lord Jesus, will convict us. And you'll convict us of other things that need to be put to an end, uh, put to death, actually. It's our things in our own life. You don't want us to live our own life anymore. You want us uh, want to live your life in and through us. And so we have to pay a very close attention to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Convict us, Father God. Wherever we are, conscious of the amount that we must put away. Make us conscious of that, Father God. And anoint um, and make people through this message be conscious of the Christ that you paid for the forgiveness of our sins and um, Lord uh, let us realize that you said now come and follow me do the things that I did otherwise there's no possibility for us to be saved so we need to follow your uh, law because you are the law in us and we must keep the law. Otherwise, we're a lawless society like the rest of the world, like the Antichrist. Lord, we ask that you do these things and show us these things in this message today. And that you uh, open, uh, that people will open their heart to you. So many people feel that you're uh, going to do everything for us, but we have to take the bull by the horns. We have to pull ourselves up with our own bootstraps and do what you say that we must do. Otherwise, we're not Christians. So, Father, bring that about. Uh, bring the reality of that to every soul, every spirit, every mind. Make us conscious of these things. 
I pray, and that souls will be saved and the church strengthened. Rebuke Satan and open great and mighty doors for us. And lead us not into temptation. Lord, there's so many things that look good to us. Uh, Different uh, properties, different houses, all different types of things, different things to do, different places to send our children, uh, different things to teach our children. All these things, Lord, guide us into all righteousness, the things that you know that we need to be led into. It's such a wonderful thing to know that we have a Savior and the life-giving Spirit and a convictor of our spirit to show, um, to uh, lead us into all righteousness. Lord, we're not righteous unless it's you leading us into righteousness. I ask it, Father, that you do these things so that you'll heal all those that need heal, all those that have been convicted by this prayer to put their lives in uh, the charge of you, that you take charge of our lives and everyone that has that, heal them, deliver them, uh, cast out devils, cast out every... Uh, awkward and evil thing that is coming against them in their lives and uh, raise them up Lord feed, clothe and house all your children and uh, deliver us from every sickness, disease infirmity, all of us Father I ask it in Jesus name and everyone says Amen Amen. Praise the Lord what a friend we have in Jesus and because if we do what he says we're all going to meet Jesus uh, in person in the suite by and by and we're going to be there with our loved ones that have gone into the kingdom of heaven before us here I am uh, with the H.B. Uh, Barnum uh, conducting the uh, Czechoslovakian uh, Symphony Orchestra and also the Life Choir and the Hollywood Choir I want to sing for you in the suite by and by the Lord. I'm going to heaven. How about you? Hope so. There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we can see it apart. For the Father waits over the way. To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful Our bountiful Father above, we shall offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift of His love and the blessings that hallow our days in the sweet by. 
Praise the Lord. We're reading from the 24th chapter of Luke. Uh, this is verse 33. And the disciples rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 other disciples gathered together and them that were with them. And they were telling uh, these disciples, the people that were with them, verse 34, saying, the Lord is risen indeed. Now, this is really something. This uh, Lord, the Son of Man, Jesus, was beaten to a pulp. And they put thorns on his head, and they um, beat him so bad that you couldn't even recognize that he was a human being. And that's one of the things that they never depict in movies, uh, how they got him just looking really... Uh, handsome and everything on the cross but you couldn't tell who he was or what he was on the cross his beard was ripped out he was beaten with the fists of those uh, gentile roman catholics and the lord is risen now indeed and has appeared to simon verse 35 and they told what things were uh, done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, now, verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. There's now peace. You people, you don't feel my spirit in you because at this point I haven't become the life-giving spirit yet. But I'm going to send my peace unto you. 
I'm going to give it to you. Because you're going to have peace when I'm living in you, in leading and guiding and directing you. And when I see you going into something that you should not go into, I'm going to convict you. I'm going to put a, a feeling of like you almost having a heart attack inside your body. It's your spirit that I'm going to charge. I'm going to convict so that you know that I don't want you to do this. And also, I'm going to anoint you when I want you to do something. I want to really live out my life in and through you. And so you have to be very attentive to the convicting spirit of the Lord. Well, my convicting spirit, the Lord says. So we have a conscience. Um, wherever we are, yeah, we have to be conscious of the amount of uh, things that the Lord is attempting to tell us to do, or what he's trying to tell us to do. Uh, we must put away any of our own ideas or opinions of what we should do and what we should not do. Then we must put it uh, to an end, the things that are wrong. When the Lord is convicting us, we must put all these things to an end. So to the extent of our knowledge is what uh, we uh, must uh, do. And we know that the Lord is risen. And the, uh, Peter said that, and he's been talking to us. And we looked in the tomb, it's uh, empty, and now he's standing in our midst. We must put to an end also the past, the past that we've been living uh, down through the years, just as for the things that we are not yet conscious of. Uh, we have to become conscious of things that we're yet not conscious of. Um, we need only to continue to move uh, on and the, the, the Lord's uh, correction of us and grow in the power of God. When we are totally reliant on the power of God, when we're reliant on uh, his convicting power and his leading by the Holy Spirit, we're being led by the law of the Spirit of life. It's the law of the spirit of life to be led by the Holy Spirit. So uh, that we can have, and why? Why should we do this so that we can have the power of God in us to keep us from all evil and to keep us from all temptation Instead, and keep us in the life of God? If we are disobedient to the Lord, well, the life of God will depart from us and we won't have him as our friend, as our guide, as our spirit, our life-giving spirit in us, in the Lord. In the future, the Lord will naturally show us things that we are doing that are an um, abomination to him. It uh, is at that time that you and I must deal with it and put it to an end. Put it to death, the things that are an abomination to the Lord. Some people cannot do anything, and everything, they they have to know it all. You tell them, look, uh, you know, you have to, well, uh, I have my own ideas, my own opinions, and all these things, 
And uh, some people just can't help lying, but they have to put lying to an end. Uh, uh, you know, they get embarrassed if they don't know everything, but people, we don't know everything. But the Lord does. Uh, people would throw souls if there are any outward uh, rules or teachings of newborn, again, Christians that they ought to end certain things, but they need to seek to stir the Holy Spirit up, to stir the sense of life within them. And they need to point to that way of life, the Christian way of life, the Jesus way of life. And so we need first to cease others uh, uh, cease ourselves from doing things so that we can cause others to do the same. To know that the life of God is within them and lead them to know the sense of this kind of life. But at any rate, now uh, Peter is saying to the, all these people that he is risen and Jesus is standing saying, I want peace to be unto you and therefore I want to live in you. I want to work in you. Verse 37, but they were terrified. Isn't it amazing how people are so terrified to have honest to goodness, godly leading, guiding, and direction? But they were terrified of that and affrighted and supposed that they had uh, seen a spirit. Verse 38, and Jesus said unto them, Why are you troubled? Why are you so frightened? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Verse 39, Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones, as you see me have. Can't you see I've got flesh and bones? I am Jesus, the one that was with you for three and a half years and the one that was crucified so that your souls could be saved. And I'm going away, as I told you before, to become the life-giving spirit so I can come down from heaven in the spirit and live in you and give you guidance and uh, cause you to be led by my spirit. And you must uh, come to the point in your life that you're going to allow me to convict you of wrong things. Whenever you start to lie uh, and I convict you, shut up, be quiet, be still, and know that I am the Lord. And when you hear feel this great conviction in your spirit, I want you to know that... Um, this is me warning you that something is amiss, that something uh, that you're starting to do something that I don't want you to do. And I'm saying this because I don't want your soul to go to hell, so don't be terrified. So when he showed his hands and his feet and his side, verse 41, and while they yet believed not for joy, they were so joyful. Oh, God, this can't be true. It's hard to believe. And wondered, he said unto them, 
Have ye here any meat? Oh, you want to, are you hungry, in other words? Verse 42. And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb. Verse 43. And he took it and did eat before them. Now, a spirit can't eat. This was his body, the son of man, the human body that rose from the dead. And the spirit can't eat food. But he's eating with them to show them in every way possible that he is a raised from the dead human being with God in him. And God is the one that raised him from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 44, and he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me, the Messiah. The living God, the man, I came to the world in the flesh so that I could provide salvation for you and could uh, cause you to not be machines, but I want you to surrender your entire life to me. And when you do, your former life will be done away with and you'll have this new eternal life uh, forever and ever you'll dwell with me in heaven, and those of your loved ones that went on before you will be there, and you'll be there with them. And your loved ones that are still here on earth will see your the testimony of me living in you, and they'll be there with you as well for eternity. Verse 45. Then opened he their understanding... And I understand what that means because when I was in the office, I could not, would not ever believe that Jesus uh, was real or that God was real. It just sounded too far-fetched. Uh, we teach our children, you know, the uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and we teach uh, Bambi and all kinds of uh, fairy tales. And then when it comes to in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and all these different things, then when it comes to the point that we're teaching our children about Jesus and the Father God, the Holy Spirit, uh, we need to have, uh, we need to pray that people's understanding will be open so that they can understand. God did that for me when I was in the unsaved and in the office doing a promotion for a young singer uh, back in the 60s. Uh, and um, uh, it happened. He revealed to me how powerful he was and that he could take my life out of me back and forth, which is my spirit. And he was doing it by his spirit. He can do everything. And he enlightened me. He opened up my mind and made me know that there was a heaven and a hell. He was open. He opened my understanding. And he did theirs too, that they might understand the scriptures. Well, he didn't give me the complete understanding of the scriptures. I think he gave me a deeper insight to him because 
I didn't realize that God knew every hair on my head and everybody else's head and on every, uh, the hair on every dog, cat, mule, uh, horse, uh, every bug on earth. You have no idea the intense brain and spirit of God. He knows when he said, you say he knows everything he does. He knows every blade of grass, and I know that his brain, his mind, his power, his spirit is so powerful that I believe that he even knows the name of each leaf on every tree in the world, in the, every pine needle, and every grain of sand. And he's so powerful that he could he'd know every uh, grain of sand and have a name for each one of them. He's vast, and people don't understand that. And I pray that God will open your understanding to that fact. And he told me, I mean, when he opened up my understanding like that, I knew that he knew all those things, and he knew me before he ever visited me that day. He knew me before I was ever born. He knew that I was going to be in that office year from the very beginning of time, that I would uh, be frightened, uh, so much fear of him, that I would want to know what he wants me to do because when there's something that big, knowing that God is that big, I just wanted to please him. He's too powerful for people to mess around with. Uh, he's too powerful for you to ignore him because it's for sure uh, you're going to stand before him one of these days. And then you're going to know that the things that I'm telling you are minute in comparison to the way he really is. He knows every fiber, every strand, and every piece of cloth, uh, every uh, grain of dust. He knows every bit of, uh, in every carpet in the world. He knows everything. He knows the mind of dogs and cats and uh, beasts and everything. And he, he knows us inside and out. Then opened he their understanding, and that they might understand the scriptures. Well, what are the scriptures? The Bible says that Jesus is the scriptures. He is the word, that they might understand him, his power. The Bible says all power in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. I mean, when you know, see the world going around, you see it on a computer or a picture or something, it's Jesus, the Word of God, the Scriptures that's holding the world up and all the other galaxies, the sun, the moon, the stars, and every galaxy. He's got it uh, uh, set like a clock. Everything is like clockwork, but he's going to make everything start going and uh, going berserk because he's tired of us running to and fro, berserk, acting crazy, and acting excited over nothing. And uh, he's tired of that. So he's going to start allowing the universe to go into, uh, to become bizarre. Uh, it's going to frighten people. There's going to be unexpected earthquakes in different places all over the world. There's going to be unexpected hurricanes and tornadoes, uh, twisters, typhoons. There's going to be unexpected diseases, infirmities, and sicknesses. There's going to be earthquakes, different places every here, all kinds of catastrophes, floods, uh, hail, 
every type of thing. And he's going to show you what it's like to be unruly. The Lord will let his unruliness touch you one way or the other so that you understand him, who the word of God, the scriptures. Verse uh, 46, and uh, Jesus said unto them, uh, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer. Well, uh, he wants to live in us so that we're able to suffer also without wavering. He doesn't want us to waver before people or to be like Jim Baker that rolled up into a fetal ball when those officers picked him up, pulled him out from underneath of a couch in the, in the shrink's office. And uh, he just was weeping and crying. The Lord doesn't want that. When they arrested me on false charges, I had a big smile on my face because I was full of joy knowing that I'm suffering some of the persecution that the Lord went through and that the prophets and the others had gone through, the apostles. So um, we have to have that power in us. Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer for us to show us that this is the way it really is, folks. He didn't die on the cross and shed his blood and come into the world and not sin to set us up in uh, Beverly Hills or Bel Air or any place like that. Some people he may do that with, but uh, don't expect it. And if he does it, don't let it go to your head. So he's uh, to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and he did that. And we need to know that this was a human being that was begotten by the Holy Spirit with the power of God in him. And the Bible says that all power belongs to Christ. All wisdom and power, all fear of God and all power belongs to him. So wherever you see anything happening in the heavens, that's the power of Christ. Christ created everything and for him. Verse 47, and that, he uh, did this, uh, rose on the third day, and that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name. Well, people are going down the streets distributing literature, but are they preaching that Jesus Christ died on the cross and he runs the universe and that he became the life-giving spirit, and that he will live in you and uh, if you ask him to, and that he will work in you and through you uh, if you do this, and that he died so that there could be a forgiveness of your sins, and they sh they, that these words should be preached in his name, in the name of Jesus, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, verse 48. And you are witnesses of these things. I mean, you people know that these things are true. You saw me raise the dead. You saw me be uh, do all the things that I did to heal the blind eyes, cast devils out. You saw me murdered, and you saw me buried, and you saw me raised from the dead 
and you saw me eating with you. You saw the holes in my hands and feet and side. And you know it now. And now I want you to go around and tell everybody that. So they all have a chance to be saved. Because by faith in these things, uh, you're saved. By doubt, you're, you're dead. You're, you're a dead fish in the water. Verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Oh, I send this promise upon, uh, of my Father upon you. Well, what do you think I saved you for? I saved you so that the promise of God would be yours and that you would be concerned about others just like I was about you. But um, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. I want you to wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Well, I want you to all go into this upper room in Jerusalem, and I want you to stay there, tarry there, wait there, until I send my life-giving spirit into you. And when thy spirit enters into you, that will be the convicting spirit. That will be the living spirit, my spirit. I am God. I am the Almighty. I am the Spirit of God. And I will live in you so that you will be endued with power from on high. You shall have power when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. I want to drench you with my Holy Spirit. You say you want the Holy Spirit, you don't want it as bad as I want you to have it. It isn't something that you have to beg me for. Just raise your hands up and start praising and thanking my name and let the Spirit surge through you and you'll, the evidence that you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you'll be speaking in tongues. And uh, you may not speak in tongues again, for the rest of your life, but you will speak in tongues as a sign to you that you really have been endued with power from on high. Verse 50, And Jesus led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. He's saying, Father God, bless these people. Let them be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let them follow my instructions. 120 of them. Now, 500 souls saw Jesus ascend into the kingdom of heaven, but only 120 of them showed up in the upper room to be baptized with power, to be endued with the power from on high. The power that gives them the power to get the gospel out and not be afraid of Satan or any other thing on the face of this earth. This is the kind of power that people need. They need the power to go blazing down the boulevards and the streets, no matter what people say to them or no matter what people threaten you, and to get the gospel out above everything else in this world. That is what the Lord wants to do in and through us. Verse 51. So he blessed them. Verse 51. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them. 
and carried up into heaven. Verse 52, and they worshipped him, Jesus, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Well, of course, they saw the Savior of the world murdered, and then they uh, got all these precious instructions from him. And he says, yeah, I'm going to give you power, just the same power that the two witnesses are going to receive in these last days. God's going to increase their power, increase their power so that they be able to call uh, uh, to the Lord and rain will come down when they uh, want it to and that it will stop raining when they uh, want it to, and that they'll be able to send all curses down upon the earth. They can turn water into blood. This is power, folks. This is real supernatural power. And they worshipped him. Who wouldn't worship him unless you're crazy? And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Verse 53, and were a continual, continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, now, uh, we've all, I've already done, that was the end of the book of Luke. So thank God that was one of them that I hadn't done yet. Now, we're going to go, I'm going to start the book of Revelation. So I'm going to take a little time here to get to it. This is a new Bible that I'm using here. Revelation. So how can I get hope to live by? Well, reading the gospel. Will God ever get rid of all the evil in this world? The answer is yes. Because God is going to burn this world up with all evil. Because he does not like liars. He does not like uh, those that... He doesn't like the, the sin of lying. He doesn't like the sin at all of homosexuality and false religions and lesbianism and fornication and adultery and all lasciviousness. Does God expect me to be totally different from the world? Oh, yes, indeed he does. Um, so we're going to be reading now from John's final book. Um, Daniel, uh, he wrote uh, the book of Daniel, and from Jewish writers, uh, rabbis, uh, not uh, actually the apostles and the prophets between the Testaments, to provide hope for a church suffering severe persecution from the Roman government about 95 A.D. Well, uh, it was 70 A.D. that uh, King Titus came into Jerusalem and destroyed it. John wrote letters to um, seven churches calling the, them to meet God's expectations, and then painted a very vivid picture of Christ's uh, great victory over all evil in the final judgment. 
Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation shows the message comes directly from Jesus who holds the key to the future. That's chapter 1. Jesus calls his churches to uh, persevere in doctrine. Don't fall into false doctrine. Now, this one man that left our church on the night that his two children were born, he um, talked to somebody that told him uh, he just wanted to go out and sin, so he wanted to believe another doctrine. Some of the false things that the... Uh, uh, different channels on TV uh, preach. So, but and the Lord knew that these things would be happening in the last days. But He expects His church, though His body, to persevere in doctrine, to persevere in hope, to persevere in rejection of false teachings, and to persevere to be totally committed to Him, and to persevere morally. That's chapter 2, verses 1, through chapter 3, verses 22. God is sovereign and rules the world. Chapter 4. Christ, the divine Redeemer, or Savior, deserves all of our praise. That's chapter 5. Disasters will continue, but God will finally come uh, to the world in Christ in judgment. Chapter 6, verse 1 through chapter 7, verse 17. God will send a great, send a great tribulation on the earth. Chapter 8, verses 1 through chapter 9, verses 21. God's message will be heard and his, it's going to be heard, and it is being heard. I'm making sure that it's heard without any fallacy in it. It will be heard, and it is being heard. And his kingdom revealed. Uh, one of these days, people are going to see us raising the body of Christ, rising up from this world into the kingdom of heaven. That's chapter 10, verse 1 through chapter 11, verse 19. Satan's war against uh, Christ will fail. He's at war with the Lord, but it's failing because God is killing people that are rising up against him. Now, Christ, the living God, is sick and tired of the things that these satanic evil powers are saying. So, Christ... Uh, Satan's war against Christ will fail. That's chapter 12, verse 1, chapter, through chapter 13, verse 18. Christ will come to claim faithful believers only. Faithful believers! If you believe in Christ, then stop lying! Because if you don't, you're not faithful. And you're... Uh, not paying any attention to the commandments of the Lord. Thou shalt not lie. No liar shall enter the kingdom of heaven. To claim faithful believers, but will execute. Christ will execute vengeance on unbelievers. That's chapter 14. 
The last judgment will reveal God's justice. This is justice. You know, the homosexuals stand up there and say, well, we believe we're just like everybody else and we deserve the same treatment as everybody else. But the Lord will say, here's final judgment. This is the righteous judgment. I, you're not the same as people. You're disobedient. You're a witch. You're a homosexual and you have to spend eternity in the lake of fire. Depart. Same thing with lesbians. Same things with all people that are filled with concupiscence and uh, every uh, anti-Christ um, face will face God's judgment. Chapter 17, verse 1 through chapter 19, verse 5. Christ's coming will bring a new heaven and a new earth. Chapter 19, verses uh, 6 through chapter 22 and verse 21. Uh, the book of Revelation calls you to persevere in obeying Christ and to be sure he will overcome all resistance and establish his kingdom. Now, this is the book of Revelation. This is chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus. He's saying this to John while he's on the Isle of Patmos, Isle, uh, one of the Greek islands. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, gave unto God, gave unto Christ, well, what could, if God, he's Christ is God, then how could God give something to Christ? It's because Christ was a human being. And he's a human being, the first human being, the God-man that went to heaven. And he's ruling everything from his throne in the kingdom of heaven, which God gave unto Christ to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Well, when you're able to understand the book of Revelations, and you know that the things that are being said here are shortly going to come to pass. It says so. And the word of God is true. Shortly. He's going to shorten the time, the Bible says. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto, uh, it's a seaworthy tip. Shortly come to pass. And Jesus sent and signified it by his angel, his own angel, unto his servant, John. Now John wrote the book of John. He wrote first, second, and third John, and he also wrote this book, but it wasn't him, it was the Holy Spirit that gave him these words. Now, verse 2. Who bear record of the word of God. John bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth. So there's a special a blessing on you that read and hear these things, that readeth, and they that hear 
the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Now, this is what the Lord keeps convicting people of. You've fallen away from me. You've fallen away. You've lost your zeal. Uh, come back to me before you spend eternity in hell. You think that you're doing me a favor by coming to me? I'm doing you the favor by convicting you and giving you power and the word of God, my words to teach you, to convict you, to lead you, guide you, and direct you into all righteousness. And the time is at hand. The time is at hand. Blessed is he that readeth and they that to hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time, for the time is ready right now at hand. Verse 4, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, power, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. All right, well, I'm going to have to take this up tomorrow because we've got some letters to read. Uh, this is uh, a, a very important book. Uh, it's the book about the end time here, the very end time that you're living in. So where is the first letter from? From Billings, Montana. Bill, that's, see, now Billings, Montana is where I lived for quite a few years. I lived in Helena, Lewistown, and a little bit in Butte and in Wyndham. Okay, now let's uh, hear what they have to say. Dear Pastor Tony Alamo, I found your newsletters on my windshield one day in mid-June 2008 while I was parked in an Albertsons parking lot in Billings, Montana. There was an Iowa car parked next to my blue Ford Focus. I think it was the person in the Iowa car who left the letters. We never know what the right hand does from the left in God's work. I got so excited when I read your papers. All I could do is say, yes, yes, amen. At last, someone who tells it like it is. I have not heard of Tony Lamo Ministries before now. I found it interesting that you lived for a time in Lewistown, Montana. Not only Lewistown, my dear, also in Billings and Helena and Miles City and uh, Wyndham. Okay, what else? I pray everything is well with you and your ministry. God is on the throne of our lives. I thank God that he has given you the insight and the boldness to tell the truth. It is rare these days. We live in a famine for the truth. When I read your material, it reminded me of Elijah when God said to him that he had preserved 700 others who would not bow their knee to Baal. If I may, I would like to tell you a little about myself and then ask you a question or two. I have spent a little over a decade in missions and ministry training for four of those years at Ashland, Virginia, Calvary Pentecostal Campground, if you know where that is. Also, I spent a good amount of that decade, 1987 to 2003, in medical missions in Africa. I have included my travel itinerary for mission trips during that time. In 2005, September ending, I returned to my home here in Billings, where I have lived since. Now I feel the stirring of the Holy Spirit calling me out again. 
I had a prophetic word given to me in 2005, saying, I saw a ship. The way is being made for your passage, and you are going to use your natural talents, and when you get off the ship, you will use your spiritual talents and go halfway around the world. The ship is going to India, and then it's going to go to North Africa, and then it's going to be like a chain reaction. Okay, our time is up. We'll have to finish this later tomorrow. Now, we need to have a sense of life with uh, in ourselves. We need to uh, point to that way of life. And we need to first uh, to cause others to know that the life of God is within us and lead them to know the sense of the kind of life uh, that we are to live. And so as uh, so a teacher uh, that God has sent into the world, I teach you now that the first step is to become born of God, to be born of the Spirit. God is the Spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, the truth is the word of God. The Spirit is the Spirit. Your spirit must attach yourself to the Spirit of God. And the way, uh, the way, the way that we do this is to pray this prayer. Say this to the Lord. Pray, attach your spirit to his. Say to him, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father, Holy Spirit. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me, Jesus, on the cross at Calvary. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my eternal soul. Now just raise your hands up in praise and thank the Lord for allowing you to attach your spirit to his eternal spirit. Your spirit is temporal, his Spirit is eternal. Thank him and give him all the glory. Now, Sharon, uh, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 753. It's free of charge, including postage and handling. Only let us know whether you want to have a CD or an audio tape. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505. Or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right. Praise the Lord. Uh, Janie uh, Fricky and Cece um, uh, Couch and a bunch of other singers got together with myself and uh, my brother Danny. And we... Um, got together and sang this song stand by me and that uh i don't only want the lord to stand by me but i want him to walk and talk and work in and through me here's the song stand by me when the storms of life are raging Stand by me, stand by me, 
Where the storms of life are raging Stand by me When the world is tossing me Like a ship out on the sea I hear you next Wind and water Stand by me When I'm growing old and feeble, stand by me. When I'm growing old and feeble, stand by me. And my friends misunderstand How who never lost a battle Stand by me Stand by me Now who never lost a Stand by me Stand.